Payment card security is an ongoing concern for global organizations. But what are some of the unique challenges issuers, merchants, processors, and others are facing in international markets? Here, the PCI Security Standards Council's Jeremy King explains. I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. Jeremy, as the head of the PCI Council in Europe, you see some unique challenges that face different international markets. What would you say are some of the challenges that you're seeing internationally that are garnering the most attention? Hello there, Tracy. I think your question is really spot on when you say unique challenges. I think everybody has their own particular issues and concerns that affect their organizations. But I think there are some common challenges which cross the boundaries, which cross the boards. And I think with the help of our community, the PCI Security Standards Council is addressing. Unfortunately, the criminals are still finding it too easy to break into you everybody's systems. If you look at the latest Verizon Security Breach Report and the Trustwave Global Breach Report, all of them showed that poor passwords or weak passwords were the number one challenge we have to address. And at a recent conference I was speaking at, I said, this isn't low-hanging fruit. This is fruit that is lying on the floor waiting to be picked up. And unfortunately, that is what the criminals are doing. The criminals are finding it easy to break into people's systems. The next big topic is poorly installed software or poorly integrated software. As a merchant or an issuer or anybody in the security in the transaction process, you can have the best security programs in the world. But if you install software badly or have it integrated poorly, then it's a case of not knowing what you don't know until you breached. And the BCI last October rolled out their latest QIR program, Qualified Integrator Reseller, to help train integrators and resellers to be able to securely install software and try and remove some of these unknowns and try to improve the issue of weak admin passwords and weak user passwords. So there are some of the things that are really uh, raising issues on a global market. Now, you make a good point here, Jeremy, about some of the security concerns that have been challenging the industry across the board in different international markets. Retail and processor breaches, of course, have been garnering quite a bit of attention in the United States. Are other markets facing similar breach challenges? I think it's fair to say that all markets around the world are unfortunately suffering these types of breaches. And again, when you look at the recent reports, we're seeing an increasing number of these breaches being related to organized criminal gangs. And I have to say that organized criminal gangs are exactly what the word says. They are organized and they are sharing their techniques and processes in which they're using to breach people's systems. So I guess it's no surprise that we're seeing similar types of attacks being used around the world. And I think what you're seeing there is really one of the highlights with our new board of advisors that we are just announcing today. By having the community involved very closely with the council, then we begin to see and hear from them what are the challenges and what are the issues they're facing. And from that information, we can start using that to help drive and derive guidance. The start of this year, we saw the launch of our guidance documents from the output of our special interest groups, which covered key topics like e-commerce, like cloud, and like risk assessment. And that really did help us tackle some of those breaches that we are seeing. 
But I think going forward this year, we've already seen that our seat this year is focusing on third-party processes, which gives you some indication that people are worried about the relationship between the merchant and the third-party provider and are there weaknesses there that the criminals are exploiting. And I think in your recent article on the MAPCO attacks, you highlighted where some of these attacks could be taking place and how the criminals could be getting into people's systems. And it's important that we see this as a global issue where PCI standards address the problem. Now, Jeremy, in EMV-compliant markets, e-commerce or card-not-present fraud is a growing concern. What steps is the PCI Council taking there to address those types of risks? When I first joined the Council as European Director back in 2010, really making Europe aware that by itself EMV isn't the cure-all for data security was one of the key tasks we had. Again, with the help of our board of advisors that we had at the time, we wrote a paper called The Applicability of PCI DSS in an EMV Environment. And this really shows you why you need PCI as well as EMV if you want to get the best levels of security. And it's a paper I would absolutely recommend all of your readers and the listeners of this podcast to download from our PCI website because EMV is great at securing face-to-face transactions and and reducing face-to-face fraud, but as you highlighted there in the introduction, it doesn't cover card not present because you're not using the benefits of the chip technology. You're relying on the cardholder name, the PAN, and the expiry date, and these elements are available through people's systems, which links us back to the first point that you raised, the first question, which is why the criminals are trying to break into people's systems, because if they gain this information, they've got the information they need to be able to undertake a card not present fraud. So adopting and really deploying the PCI DSS and fully incorporating PCI DSS and PA DSS into your systems is the best way to tackle card not present fraud. Now, you touched on some of the similarities, Jeremy, that you're seeing internationally, but we've also talked about some of the the different market challenges that you see across the board, especially in countries that have adopted EMV technology. Are there other similarities or common payment card security challenges that you see shared among the U.S. as well as other global markets that the council's addressing? Yes, absolutely. I think the biggest similarity and the biggest challenge going forward is new technology, new technology, new technology. As fast as we are gaining and driving security, there seems to be a new payment technology or technique or method coming online. And really, whenever you get new technology, you get new security challenges and new ways the criminals can break into your systems, which means this is an ongoing problem for everybody. So just to give you a couple of examples there, we're seeing a tremendous rollout or in, increased involvement and interest in mobile commerce. And the PCI Council is really working closely with any and all the expert groups to see how we can ensure the security of mobile commerce. We're seeing that merchants are now wanting to bring their e-commerce, as we've just talked about, and their face-to-face environment together. 
so that if a customer goes into their shop and wants to buy some new clothes but they don't have the right size or the right color, then you can use their kiosk to be able to order the clothes in the size or color that you want. And suddenly we've now got face-to-face -face and e-commerce data being mixed up. And whilst we've tried to remove the data from the, the actual store, suddenly with the kiosk we're bringing it back together. And around this we're bringing in new standards and requirements from the council, such as our point-to-point -point encryption, which is all about trying to remove cardholder data from the store, and yet kiosks are seeing bringing it back in. So lots of challenges over and above with the, just the standard ones of not storing the data if you don't need it, trying to improve weak passwords around the place, and trying to improve the overall security of integrated software. Now, this, of course, is an update year for the PCI data security standard, Jeremy. What updates to the PCI DSS might we expect to see issued later this year? Tracy, that's a really great question. And it's the question that everybody wants to know. It's a question I get asked all the time. And the truth of the matter is that I don't actually know at the moment. I think that the new standards have to be sort of seen in the same way as choosing a new pope. They all go off and sit in a room with closed doors and discuss the actual changes. And it's not until we see the white smoke uh, coming out the chimney that, that we know exactly what the final uh, document looks like. And that's exactly what's happened at the moment. Our technical working group are closed off. They're, they're doing the updates. In general terms, the feedback that we got from our community was we understand the standards. We're comfortable with the standards. They're working very well. Please can it be steady as she goes? And I think if that's how we envisage it, it's going to be steady as she goes. And then finally, Jeremy, before we close, the PCI Council has just announced its new Board of Advisors, which you mentioned earlier during the call. And the Council has noted that it now has more global representation than it's ever had before. How is this expanded global participation expected to enhance the PCI DSS going forward? I think this is what I'm really excited about with, with the new Board of Advisors that's come on board. Um, we've brought in new representatives from Africa, from the Middle East, to build on the representatives that we've got from North America, South America, Europe, and Asia. So we've now got global representation, true global representation. And that is essential because what we are, and I say this all the time in conferences, is we are a community and we work at our very best as a community because we need to know from our community what are the challenges. We need to know where is the PCI standards working well and what are the changes and improvements that we need to make. And that really reflects in all of the questions you've given me today and all of the answers is we work closely with our organizations, with our participating organizations, and going forward with our board advisors to look at these issues and to see how we address them. A lot of the issues that you've raised there, I would expect our new board to bring with them to the first meeting and for a lot of our concentration to be on how we're going to tackle these issues about improving the security for merchants, how to prevent criminals breaking into the systems. For the first time, we've actually got a representative for small merchants with the uh, Retail Solution Providers Association coming onto the board. So now we're really getting input 
into the small merchants, and we've seen around the world that the small merchants are those people who are being targeted by the criminals. So it really does get us into all of the areas throughout the transaction process, throughout the world, and that is an absolutely fantastic thing, and I'm really looking forward to the first meeting of our new board, because that means our standards will remain applicable, appropriate, and up-to-date, and that's essential in this ongoing fight against crime. Jeremy, I'd like to thank you again for your time this morning. No, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Jeremy King of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.